Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Christmas came early to the SAP Studios here in Hollywood, California. Ooh. As always, it's your boy Dave Neal and Tasha Marie Courtney. Hello. Hey, Tasha. I don't feel like Christmas came early. Christmas came right on time. We it's, are, what is it, November 29th? It's everyone puts their tree up the day after Thanksgiving. <laughs> you said that with, <laughs> you said that with way too much confidence. I'm telling you, that's the <laughs> norm. You know how many anyone who puts up their tree late is abnormal. You know how many single dads are out there just trying to make ends meet? It's, you know, December 14th and they're and they're looking for trees and there's just, you know, those fat 3-foot tall trees and then these ugly, you know, droopy, you know, just, you know, Charlie like Brown Grinch. Christmas trees. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't, I was, I was never an early tree guy, but of course we're doing Christmas to a new level this year, staying in Los Angeles. My goals for you, Tasha, is to keep you so busy. You don't cry because we're not with our family. <laughs> That's really, I'm just going to throw s the whole kitchen sink at you this holiday season. Lots of Christmas cookies. <laughs> just, we'll be baking a ton of Christmas cookies. Yeah, you'll start to feel bad and I'll just slide you know hungry hippo style Christmas cookies. Actually, it would be a really fun idea. We bought that uh, Basset Hound cookie cutter and we have yet to make ba Basset Hound shaped cookies. We should make a batch of like Basset Hound sugar cookies or maple cookies. Well, I got those, I got those Christmas uh, dog biscuits. So we can use a dog biscuit mix and make Boone his own. I don't know if Boone wants to eat. You didn't even let me finish my idea before you stomped all over it with yours. Okay. Please finish. We can put cute little Christmas sweaters on the Basset Hounds. We can get like an icing decorating kit and like draw little sweaters on them. You know what's so funny? Have you ever seen the um, the sketch on SNL, Sweaty Balls? Their, 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 their family name is Sweaty, like S-C-H-W-E-T-T-Y or something like that. But they call them like the Sweaty Balls and they're like meatballs that they make. And it's like, oh, I'd love some of your Sweaty Balls. It's a whole thing. Though. It, the whole thing is a play on the words. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. Anna Gasteyer. It's like old school. But but it was the joke other than the Sweaty Balls was that they were in this like stupid uh, public access studio. But we've kind of gone there as society where everyone just produces their own stuff now. Like this is... This is our public access kitchen. kitchen. <laughs> this is it. I mean, we went to Walmart on Small Business Saturday. We, we're, uh, we're trying our best. Stop saying that. If anyone wants to support small businesses, you can join our Patreon.com slash this app. But we got, you know, for the audio listeners, you better jump on the YouTube because I'm showing off uh, real colored lights. We got the big outdoor lights inside. I mean, it's a, uh, I don't I know. I think what, these look really nice. I think this is the perfect uh aesthetic of and you sap. know what's great about it is yeah you're right sap sap is very much um, gaudy gaudy <laughs> it is tacky unapologetic unapologetic and no one wants to get sap on their fingers not refined not beautiful we're not doing silver and gold on the sap sign well, i'm almost well i'm against because and it's not that refined isn't authentic but sap you know of course uh, was Sex Actually podcast before that for our uh, diehard listeners, you up the podcast. and uh, But we uh, uh, shortened it to SAP because the S-E-X word is, is hard to uh, gain traction on with the uh, Puritan uh, YouTube system that we use. Uh, but anyway, um, the uh, yeah, the idea behind it is when, whenever, whenever things are like too refined, I feel like people are too worried about their image. They're too worried about this. That's not the real convo. The real convo is when you're having a diet Dr. Pepper and just talking about life. So that's what we try and aim for. 
Um, but yeah, if, if, if for, for those, uh, you know, thousand or so people that only listen on the audio, go over to the YouTube. It's on my, uh, YouTube, Dave Neal and, uh, check out what we're doing because we got a three camera setup and, uh, we're going to add some more Christmas decorations, but we've got a, um, a Douglas fir. Is that what this one is? I already forgot which kind. This is a is. Douglas fir. Are we, you positive? Yeah, we drove an hour or so north of Los Angeles because my goal was to not get ripped off. My uh, last thing I wanted was an overpriced tree. I'm all about fair price. As if this is a if if it's eighty bu- if the price is eighty bucks, I'll pay eighty bucks. But if the price is eighty bucks and then you drive down the road with a tree on your hood and then you see a sixty dollar tree, I'm so pit. You know what? It's like it's like that time. We got that vegan pizza and you started adding all these toppings. And next thing you know, it was a $55 pizza. And then for the rest of the night, and, and it wasn't... For the rest of your life, honey. For no, the but, rest of your life, you're going to be mad about that pizza. Right. Oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure. I'm going to be a billionaire. $55. But for the rest of that night, it was like Little Caesars like was spending all of their ad money on me. <laughs> <laughs> Every three minutes was like, get your hot and ready Little Caesars. It's $5. hot. It's ready. It's $5. It's cheesy. It's pepperoni. And I'm like, $55 to eat diet cheese, which is some some form of plastic cheese. No, it's not. It's made from mushrooms. I so, think. Uh, so we went to Frosty's. Uh, which is in uh, Valencia, which is where the Six Flags is, uh, north of Los Angeles. On a normal non-pandemic year, it's about an hour and a half drive with traffic. We did it in probably 45. And uh, they have a cut-your-own-tree place. Now, of course, I come from uh, the tutelage of Joel Littlefield's uh, uh, Shop and Chop, Chop, which is a Rhode Island-based. My old roommate in college had a uh, cut-your-own-Christmas-tree-down. And in Rhode Island, it was 35 bucks, any size. So if you you saw a 22-foot tree you wanted, cut it down. You got to haul it out. It's yours. Bring a chainsaw, you know? And uh, so we were like, all right, we'll go to the ch- uh, chop and shop place. It was like one of the only ones left in Southern California. Now, Frosties, the, they've got the, the homegrown stuff. And again, I'm not blaming Frosties. We live in Southern California. You don't grow Christmas trees at, at uh, sea I level. I think it's just about the climate. Like you can get that uh, species of tree that looks like an evergreen, but it's not one of these. It doesn't smell like this bad boy. The it one- smelled good. It smelled fresh, but that's the kind of tree that like doesn't require a lot of water and needs a ton of sunlight. It was kind of like they were meant to be round shrubs, but they would try to cut them into the shape of a tree. No. <laughs> you could kind of tell. I was like, this isn't, a, it's, it wasn't, a, I don't know what it was, but it wasn't a Christmas tree. So what they do is they get you on the lot and it's a, you know, it's got thousands of five-star reviews. I'm like, all right, this is a place to go. If we have to pay a little bit extra we'll get to walk through it at least we're not in some sort of parking lot where everything's pre-cut down at some home depot or whatever all these brats running around and you don't know how long they've been there yeah and so it's you know it's kind of hokey people you know and it's so funny too living in not just living in los angeles but living in 2020 for someone to say merry christmas it almost sounds like you're hearing a banned word yeah it was weird i was startled when she uh like waved us she i I, when we pulled in she like waved at us and I was like, oh, shit. Like, I, I rolled down the window thinking we were going to be like, you can't park here. What, you know, whatever yeah, it is. My and brakes she said, are going out. The Merry whole car- Christmas. Welcome. And I was like. I was like, whoa, lady. Easy. Pipe down. She said, uh, she said it was such confidence. Can we just park anywhere? <laughs> and look, I'm not. I don't. The, the war on Christmas was it's, one of the initial things that got Trump elected. Because everyone's like, oh, we got Trump out of office. Trump is a response to people that feel like. They're having their holidays taken from them. They're this, they're that. I remember the Starbucks Christmas cups. Yeah, I remember it's. You know, so you say happy to holidays to the wrong person, and they go, "It's Merry Christmas," and you go, 
a Merry Christmas. I don't, I don't know. I don't care at all. But, but happy holidays is so, I mean, every, most major religions have a holiday at this time of the year. So why would you risk saying the wrong one to someone when you could just say happy holidays if you don't know if they are Jewish or if they celebrate Kwanzaa or whatever? And I think the point is, as I add some music to this Roadcaster Pro, I think the point is, this is the Christmas song you play when you're about to sneak around and eat some Christmas cookies late at night. This is <laughs> tiptoeing, so getting some eggnog and Christmas cookies. Um, I, I just want kids so I can eat, you know eat. But I would be the guy like Santa Claus. You, you know, as as the fake Santa Claus, you're supposed to leave some of the cookies, which I never understood. It's always you like, can oh, leave a few crumbs Santa, on the no, plate. I'm not leaving anything. You know me. I'm eating all the cookies. Oh, Santa ate all the cookies. Uh, but anyway. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying that there is or isn't a war on Christmas, but I think it's uh, one of those things that people put gas on the flame and it's not really that big of a deal. I, it's, yeah, it's not really that big of a, de- of a deal. And I think that's what the pandemic has proven this year because I haven't heard a peep about the war on Christmas this year because everybody's too busy being mad about voter fraud. And and people, you know, like uh, my, my cousin Timmy grew up outside of Boston. Um, probably listens to more right wing things because he's got like conservative parents. So like I remember when I said like Happy Holidays or whatever, and he was like, "It's Merry Christmas," and I was like, "Oh, what is this a thing that we're supposed to be?" But that was like 15 years ago. I'm in one of the best Facebook groups. You want to know what it's called? Yes. When will my husband return from the war on Christmas? <laughs> this was a Christmas. Well, memes. What's the it's idea really about fun. it? It's just a fun Christmas. Yeah, it's people. It's people screenshotting and reposting like funny Christmas memes or like Karens saying, "It's Merry Christmas" or complaining about the Starbucks cups well, or I whatever. Get, I get. I mean, it's one of those things. It's like uh, corporations are going to do whatever they can to sell advertising or to sell products. The to holiday most people. is already so secular. Yeah, and it, I guess that's probably like where it comes from. People like wanting to remember, like let's keep the Christ in Christmas instead of like Xmas. Yeah. But like that's, you know, Christmas is not the only holiday. Well, but I think they get mad about that. That's what I talked about in the pri- my uh, my latest private Patreon episode, patreon.com slash the sap, p a t r e o n dot com slash t h e s a p. Uh, that um, Thanksgiving's always been one of my favorite holidays because it really hasn't, I mean, other than maybe turkey sales going up in price, um, it, 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 it's not as corporatized as so many, you know, it's not Easter with the 10 pound chocolate bunny. It's not this, it's not that. So I've always, I, I've always seen fraud, you know, when it's there and you go, oh, this is stupid. Yeah. Like your uh, Halloween decorations sort of bleed into your Thanksgiving decorations. They just fall under the umbrella of fall. Orange but you're right, you red. don't have to buy a specific candy, which is probably the thing you're mad at, except that you bought a whole jar of yeah. Santa Hershey's Kisses. Yeah, <laughs> your boy's got a uh, blank check of chocolates. My Look favorite are these uh, peppermint barks, the dark chocolate peppermint barks. So I good. would say my favorite, if anyone wants to send anything, and if we have any Australian listeners and you do a different Christmas chocolate, by all means, send us some of your foreign <laughs> chocolates. We love a good Tim Tam. But my favorite was the Almond Kiss. That, my friend, is where it's at. I was never into nuts in my chocolate. Love a nut. You know what I enjoyed? The almond joy. And I would not (sighs) eat the almond. As a child, I would just eat the coconutty filling chocolate. Who hurt you, And I would give away the almond. You just would spit it into a spatoon like you were some Western. 
<laughs> not in these parts, mister. Um, so the Douglas fir is what we settled on, but my whole point was that uh, they, you walk Are through, you sure this is a Douglas fir? It's a Douglas fir. fir. No, it's a noble fir. I told oh, you. Oh, boy. Wrong. I got to Google noble fir. It's a noble fir. Noble fir. And it smells so delicious. Well, they had noble firs and Douglas firs. They come from the and Northwest. Fraser firs. Uh, well, f- no, they didn't have any Fraser firs. Fraser firs are the ones that you usually buy potted, I'm pretty sure. A noble fir, also called red fir and Christmas tree, is a Western North American fir native to the Cascade Range and Coast Range Mountains of extreme Northwest California and Western Oregon in Washington and the United States. Um, I don't know too much about it. Um, but uh, we'll have to figure out what we'd need to do to keep this puppy alive because we got it late November. It drinks a lot. It drinks a lot. So we got to water it every day. Yeah. It's a big boy. We got a big boy. But anyway. And we should probably get some more of that. When it came to the extra, the uh, bells and whistles, it was about a $140 tree. And that's just how it is. It's Los Angeles, folks. Once they, you know, we were walking through the well, park. Well, the tree itself was eighty nine ninety five, right? Well, the most expensive tree we saw was $600. We saw a $600 tree. Yeah, that's insanity. You know what, though? After watching that, uh, what was the name of that show on Netflix? Mr. Mr. Christmas. Christmas, something. It was like a holiday decorating show. The last episode was like this mansion. And you're like, why do these people need help decorating? They can't afford to hire a decorator. They literally live in like a Gatsby mansion. Uh, but they had a huge foyer and they needed a huge tree for that foyer. And and now seeing that $400, $500, $600 tree section at the place makes me want a house so big that I need to buy a $600 Christmas yeah. tree for it to look okay. We talked about it. That's the goal is, uh, can I, can I, can I buy a $600 tree without it? It's probably me? what? 20 feet. How big? Uh, how no, tall it, was, do you it wasn't that even was? that big. It's probably like 16. It wasn't even that big. It's uh, the but price, it was giant. But, like, I mean, the you prices would need go up 10 ex- friends to like hold hands around well, it. The, yeah. The prices go up exponentially because they just become more rare and, and you know, these things are being shipped down, you know, and it's, it's a whole, it's a whole and racket. It smelled like so, heaven. so, um, I'm the, I'm just the cheap, you know, cheap person who buys a, you know, we buy an $80 tree and they're like, do you want us to cut it and put it in a little tree net? And I was like, sure. And then like second later, I was like, how much is that? Is that gonna <laughs> like, I don't know the tree deal. I'm not like a tree. Yeah, know, I don't do had- Christmas tree economics. It's been a while. I don't think I've actually, actually, I haven't, that's my first time buying like a proper Christmas tree. Mine too. Cause it's always been family. And then, you know, I lived in New York. I would always go home. I go home with your family. We got our little plastic tree to hold us over. Yeah. So this is our, this is our first room real Christmas tree. Do I have old Christmas tree in here? I don't think I do. But um the uh got a little Christmas music for you. But uh so I'm like I'm like all right, do they get you in the door at the $8 tree and then hit you with 50 bucks for the netting? And I go, "How much is it?" And the guy goes, "2." I was like, "Yeah, yeah, get the net, put the net, put it in the net." And then you got to and then you got to tip these guys cuz I worked in creek in tree cutting back in the day and you know they'll spend a little extra time nodding it to the roof if you don't tip them right that thing's getting left on route five because you know we're driving 70 miles an hour down a highway once we get this thing home but um all things uh all things were a go we uh, we played i don't want to rile you up with this tasha so let's just let's just pleasantly go through this next topic but we played with fire going to mega shopping stores on the weekend after thanksgiving and um had an incident in the uh Krispy Kreme drive-through. I'm gonna be mad about this for the rest of my life. I understand that, and my I, my only anger is that. So what happened was, and very briefly, we're at a crowded intersection. We turn into Krispy Kreme. We're uh, we're waiting big long line. We just left a Walmart. It's and, a whole and mess. You need to reiterate that this is a nuts intersection. The line it's a stop sign intersection right after a light. 
if that gives people an yeah, idea. Peak, Everybody lives in a town where some poor city planner did a bad job and there's a light and then there's a stop sign and this intersection. Is San Fernando and Valley, California. This is the one of the most crowded parts it's of the world. Black Friday weekend shopping. So literally Pandemic. deals are going on. There's people everywhere. It's nuts. And so we're in this crazy four-way intersection at a stop sign and every lane is backed up i mean it's literally we how long did we wait before we even got up to the stop sign from make, the walmart i'm trying lot. to make this christmas christmas cream this crispy cream story quick and you're giving a, just, a turn I, by I mean, turn okay well because <laughs> the truth of the matter is is that we probably cut people in line we had no idea we didn't realize we cut people in line uh because there's no signage. It didn't, it was just a crazy intersection. Why on earth would I think that everyone two intersections back is waiting to turn into the Krispy Kreme line? And the fact, it made zero sense. The fact of my story that I like to portray is that I'm an optimistic guy. I'm a friendly guy. And we have a guy that pulls up to our left in a Dodge Charger, puts his window down, asks me to put mine down. And he sort of um, passive aggressively tells me I've cut Not everybody. Not passive aggressively. Aggressive. I wouldn't call it aggressive. It was kind of like, all right. He he was like, uh, were you gonna cut everybody? And I go, were you? What do you mean? He goes, the line was right there. And I go, that's. And I go, like, that's the line. You know, which is basically like, like from the highway around the corner. And 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 if, and if it is true, we did cut probably twenty five cars. But it, but either way, or ten. Either way, but either own, way, it was a really slow moving line. My own tone by not even knowing should have alerted him to be like, oh yeah yeah no you cut the line. But instead it was like, all right man, all right cool whatever. So you're just gonna cut the line? I was like. Nah, man, go in front of me. He goes, well, then you're going to cut everyone. Like, he just, he went on and on. Yeah, we, like, were berated by now, this stranger in the Krispy Kreme donut and then I And then I go to Tasha. Over I, a completely innocent mistake. We had no idea. I mean, and I, I honestly, I'm not 100% sure that that really is how it is because... It's a, it's a massive intersection, it's, but I'm willing to I'm willing to be like, oh, everyone else knows that, okay, or 99 percent of people. But it's know also that. it's a pandemic. The the even if we parked our car and went in the other line, we could have to wait all day. We had already gotten Taco Bell and Walmart. So for me, I'm like, look, I, I've got my fix. This is like a Seinfeld you know, scene. This is like, you know, some Krispy Kreme. George Costanza cut someone off. I mean, this is if if you if you something in your life. It, compares to Seinfeld you just need to get out of that situation I just pride myself on being a very uh conscientious, conscientious. person yes I I this wasn't a situation where uh, looking back I feel like we should have known I right. still don't feel like that the I still benefit, don't feel like we should have known we tried our best we I really did Ha would have had no fucking idea that we did anything wrong or cut anybody in line. That didn't look like a line at all to me. Now, now what happened was we we had let him pass. Now, say someone cuts in the in and out line. That's very obvious. In and out marks their line very obviously. Right, very like good everyone knows where an in and out line starts. Now, but do you trust a donut that can't control their line? I don't want to donut. Krispy Kreme's delicious. Yeah, but if that Krispy Kreme can't control their line. I never want to go to that fucking Krispy Kreme ever <laughs> again in my life. And here's the deal. Here's and the it's deal. probably the only one in California. Here's the deal. I've never been to Krispy Kreme. And I didn't want my first experience to be me white knuckled. Tainted. Tainted. And know that the guy in front of me, you know, asked the uh, drive-thru people to like spit in our food. My uh, thought though was that we could just pay it forward and like buy... Some you know, donuts well, for the six cars. You know what I wanted to do? We had decided to leave. I said, look, Tasha, you know what? All this for some sugar, 
I love sugar, but I'm going to feel bad. It's not good food going into our body. We don't need it. X, Y, all these things. And I was like, look, it's not about letting someone else win. It's about removing your ego from the situation and going like, look, yeah, if you, if, if I was the wrong guy, if I was some like dude who was like down on his luck, had nothing to lose, I might want to fight that guy. I mean, those could have been fighting words. What do I get out of that? Maybe I cut my finger and I got to go spend $10,000 or have a lawsuit. No, like there's I, no upside, including waiting in line to eat the food to prove a point. So we got out. But honestly, the one, only thing I wish I would have done, because we had just bought 20 candy canes, I wish I would have gotten a candy cane out of the back and given it to the guy. Because obviously that guy, that guy is a lot. suffers. And you know, and I look that at that guy. That guy probably gets mad at every line he ever goes to. Just beats his chick. I mean, like, I, oh, you cut in line? But I look at that guy and I go, that's just a dude. If I was playing baseball with him, we would have been buddies. Like that's a guy I would have been friends with my age, this and that. But in this scenario, he, we were the bad guy regardless of what we're going to do. Let's just go home. Let's go home. Let's not get all mad and then cause a fight. It's like when you stub your toe, no, don't have but a bad day I, here, Here's where I feel, I still feel upset about the situation <laughs> is it was a completely innocent mistake. True. And I'm not some dumb, oblivious person that walks around life cutting lines. We I am should, not we that. We should take a drone back to this intersection to show people. Just how, there's no <laughs> way, nobody fucking knows. And that's probably why he's so mad because probably people cut all the time and he doesn't have and, the opportunity to, yell. he probably goes to that Krispy Kreme five days a week and gets mad every single time he's there because there's no fucking way anybody besides a handful of people know that this is the way the line but you you know exactly you know when you look at an optical illusion when you see the old lady in the in the thing you, you can't unsee the old lady from his angle he might have seen a clear line and then we putts up you know with our by the way we just put christmas decals on the windows <laughs> I, I made Taja put christmas decals on the windows which are now on this window so it's just some like cartoon reindeer and cartoon rudolph that, like a two-year-old should have and then that those decals just cut him off in this old car so look um that it's i was reading about something the night before and i couldn't pull I just, it up i guess my you didn't let me finish my thought so i just want to finish it is that i didn't feel like we deserved such a lashing over an innocent mistake when we were obviously bewildered by his attack and immediately offered to make it right how we could. I think when you realize that someone is bewildered and just made an innocent mistake, maybe you lay off with the verbal lashing and maybe you just let them fucking stay in line instead of bullying someone out of line. Of course, the response that would have worked from him is to state your case, you know, oh, you cut people. Do better and next time. Said, How about goes, one of those? And then he goes, dude, I get you, man. I understand. It sucks. You know, blank. Oh, yeah. Fresh. I get it. Okay, cool, man. Yeah, just next time. Cool. And how about and Krispy Kreme? Make a fucking lane. Hey, how no about swearing, that? honey. How about make a sign? Wow. Wow. You riled her up. You riled her you up. You said, I mean, I don't know why you even brought it up. And not like I'm not going to suffer about this every shower I have for the rest of my life. This is a shower problem that you have? No, I, literally for the rest of my life at the most inopportune moments, these feelings of shame, embarrassment, and anger are just gonna bubble up and I'm gonna be consumed with feelings of guilt. No, no, no. About but this is accidentally why... cutting in the Krispy Kreme. No, line. this is why we talk about it and we're gonna rewrite it because this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna go to another Krispy Kreme, we're gonna give the waitress a nice tip, and we're gonna uh, buy buy donuts for the car behind us.
That sounds like a nice way to I called make her a waitress. I don't know. The, whoever peddled Drive the through donut person. peddler. Um, I want to shift for a second here. I, uh, you know, we've been making YouTube videos, trying to step up my game this year. I, um, have you heard of Vlogmas? Uh, yeah, I mean, sort of. December like- 1st to December 24th or 25th, a vlog a day. And I think once I, once I decide I want to do something, it's hard to turn my back on it. And I think I'm going to do Vlogmas this year. It starts in two days. Okay. So what are you going to vlog about? I'm going to vlog about our, um, our, uh, Christmas decorating. Uh, I want to vlog about making Christmas food and, um, and I want to include stand up into it. I want to do some stand up comedy about the Christmas season. You're not going to run out of ideas. It's, we already bought the tree and did all the decorating. Yeah. Well, that's the part we get, you know, uh, I don't know. I don't know. But um, I don't know if it's going to go well. I don't know. It could be huge. And I, my, my, the upside was what if, what if, what if we become like a Christmas hit? <laughs> then, then every year we get to do, because it's I like. I think it's the big, big YouTubers who do Vlogmas just because they're trying to reel in some ads. That's what it, that's what it originally was. But also it is a very searchable thing. So, so there is, there is room for new content. People who just love Christmas. Is it all Christmas themed or no? It's It's, just vlogs. It's vlogs, but it's, you got put, you know. It's December. So it has some holidays. Yeah. So my thought is if it does well, then, then every year we can do fun things. Cause it's like, you know, going to Dunkin' Donuts and trying all the new, um, you know, holiday themed beverages and, you know, fun stuff that we might not normally do, but would be fun Christmassy things. But obviously I'm stressed out of my mind because I'm like, this is going to be a colossal amount of work. But secondly, unemployment runs out like the day after Christmas. So my thought was if I can replace what should have been a stimulus check in December with ad revenue from Vlogmas, then it'll have and worked itself out. we can hold out. on a little bit longer. Yeah. So that's the thought. Okay. But um, it'll be a little, it'll be a little nuts. But like, yeah, like I said, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I, maybe uh, Christmas is the angle. Maybe it's just the way the cowlick flows. Something about me, just vanilla white guy talking about Christmas. Maybe that's the thing that that sends us over the edge. I think you should do it. I think it's going to be great. And you'll be a part of it. I will. You'll be a, uh, a for sure. By the way, you um, as an engaged couple, you don't, you don't have your ring on. You're supposed to be flaunting that nonstop. You're supposed Honey, to be showering and sleeping. At home. No, you're not supposed to shower or sleep with your rings on. You want to get stabbed in the eye? I wanted to bring something up, and I don't want you. I don't want you to get upset about oh, this. Oh boy! No. Way to make sure that I'm about. I already <laughs> my limbics are flared. It's important to overcome um, previous traumas. Correct. Sure. Or else we'll just continuously feel like if we don't overcome this Krispy Kreme trauma, we're going to keep feeling it every day. So like there is this thing where we have to let go some of our past. I mean, I still, I still cringe in my head and I hate the word cringe, but I truly do cringe thinking of, um, uh, in sixth grade, I had a crush on this one girl and I asked this other girl to dance and I didn't realize they were sisters. And then, uh, they all like made fun of me after, like I still to this day, Ooh, think, you know, when I think about that, it vicariously hurts my soul and it shouldn't, I should just call them up and be like, Hey, in sixth grade, I, you know, whatever, I don't know. But, um, but anyway, the, the, um, I'm in a subreddit called waiting to wed. Have you, have I talked to you about this? You may have mentioned. So I joined this subreddit when I wrote um, an article on Medium called um, uh, "Why I Stopped Procrastinating My Proposal," and the idea behind it was a guy's point of view about why why it can be so challenging and so much resistance to engage getting engaged. And in some some scenarios, like my brother Jameson, he's twenty three or twenty four. Jeez, I'm so sorry, I can't think off the top of my head. That the older he is, means the older I am. Uh, that's how it works. And uh, he just got engaged, and um, that's insane to me. But also like. 
I don't know. Maybe like I, 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 we don't live near home. Like my mom sort of helped, like showing me like you need to go look at diamond rings, but it's it's just not something a the guy will, has ever usually done before. So it I think creates- it's usually um, reflective of a person's like feeling about their own position in life. And I think Jameson probably feels very secure about his current position, his work. You know, like he has a stable job. Well, he has they, like a. They got they 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 got knocked up. So it's, it's that throws all the things out it, the window. Like you, you know, it's it, like that. Ob- when you obviously. feel secure about where you are in life, it's very easy to make that next step. Yeah. Now, of course, we we didn't get engaged till maybe five years into our relationship, and and I know almost that's almost six. And I know that's been a problem for you, like a big deal for you. And I know it makes you, in some ways, feel like you're not as loved. And uh, and and. And uh, along with that, having been in this waiting to wed subreddit, the stories I see of women, and again, this is so gender specific. It's 100% women, so sad because their guy hasn't proposed yet. Oh, he promised to me. Oh, I, I, I look at his search history and he said he was going to. Oh, I thought like on our anniversary, what was going to happen? And, and then they'll post a photo without the ring. I'm like, A, and again, it's not pathetic. But what is sad about it is... It's such a control thing. It's such a lack of communication thing. I want to step you back for a second because you said it's a gender thing, but I, we need to understand why it's a gender thing. There's a reason that there's only women being like, what the hell on the subreddit. Because men trade a diamond for property. It goes back to... Well, men are traditionally in our culture, the ones who propose. Women can propose. In lesbian relationships, a woman obviously has to propose. On the second date. They have to do it on the second date. Some uh, progressive women might feel comfortable proposing. So glad you didn't. It's, it's It's a much smaller percentage of our population that the woman wants to take the lead. But it's worth talking about. And I understand like sometimes you want to just vent in a subreddit. I get that. But I wonder how many people don't like we, we, we had a probably a relatively healthy conversation about it. Um, The main, the main thing that prevented me from proposing earlier was a resistance and the resistance caused primarily by not having my shit together. Now, um, but here and here's why women feel sort of like slighted or betrayed by that is the right woman. If you love someone so much that, you know, you want to spend the rest of their life with them. Here's what's going to happen. Either a you're going to get your shit together, start saving or at least set a, a, a savings plan together so that you can afford to buy a ring in the somewhat near future or it's going to cause so much tension that she's going to break up with you or sabotage the relationship. So you guys call it off together and and leave you for somebody else. Uh, No woman wants to wait around for half a decade for a guy to clean up his act and and get his shit together. In our scenario, I, I don't, I don't look back with any regret that I played too many video games that I bought too many fancy pairs of shoes. I mean, you could, you could really short of me just quitting on all of my dreams um, and just like working extra hours. I mean, we're already talking about working 30 to 60 hours a week, plus the 20, 30, 40 hours of unpaid work. So it's like, it was, and, and, and again, and in my instance, you know, overcoming, um, 
<clears throat> two different car issues, which I should have had money in the first place. But it, it, regardless of the excuses, that's what it came down to. I didn't have the money, and it wasn't but, for lack of um, of of working hard. It was for uh, it was for just you know I'm I'm in a world where people that do what I do live out of their cars. They do what they can do yeah, to survive until the they make. Yeah, but just because the bar is so low, doesn't like in the comparison game that doesn't make a girl well, feel it's better. It's not that the bar's low. It's that it's that the business model is you probably won't get paid till you're the CEO. And I've done so many things that didn't reap rewards right away. Things even like YouTube and this podcast that are are making money now. But so, I no. I don't think that like what you're saying is a good excuse because in the vast majority of these situations, these women are being strung along. I see these same sort of questions posed in groups that I'm in as well. And my advice is always the same. If they're not act, if a man is not actively showing you that he is actively working towards a proposal, if it's something that's important to you, if marriage, if you're in a relationship and you as a woman, marriage is important to you because it's not necessarily the same for all women. But if you're in a relationship and you have expressed to the person that you're with that marriage is important to you, you got to let, let them know that then. No, but I think I think these women that's, usually have by this no, point saying, before I, they're well, venting that, about the, it that's to strangers. The, that's but the yeah, bare minimum like, is like, have you had this conversation and what has the response been? If that person doesn't uh, uh prioritize marriage or worse for the person in the relationship doesn't ever want to be married because they have some sort of hang up about marriage like their parents were divorced or whatever in their childhood they strongly disagree with the idea of that's marriage. a great point though that coming from you know so, so many people in our generation come with parents that had shitty divorces or stayed together and it was horrible yeah and so there are, like, there are definitely there's a segment of the population that does not believe in the institution of marriage but if you are in a if you're somebody who Marriage is very important to you and you're in a relationship where you're not seeing these steps going in this. What was that? I think the fridge just stopped. Oh, <laughs> the steps. You're not seeing things going in this direction. You need to have a conversation. You need to find out. Are these not going in this direction just because he hasn't thought about it? Is it not going in this direction because he is opposed to marriage? Right. Or what's the deal? And once you have this conversation... In in my mind, that should be a light switch for a dude. Like, oh my gosh, we've been together a couple of years now. I, I wasn't even thinking about marriage, but yeah, I guess. Well, according to the timeline, I probably should start thinking right, about right. it. And that's when you make moves. And I don't believe that uh, not having money for a ring is a valid excuse for not wanting to make a commitment. Because it's as simple. I mean, listen. Yes, there are a lot of people who are operating on shoestring budgets these days. That's it's a raw, it's a sure. raw deal out there. It's but, a raw deal. I mean, but, well, we live in Los Angeles, where it's like, you know, where like there's a hundred thousand people that are that are willing to settle for jobs no one else would take because they're pursuing their dreams. So, like you said, when you moved to LA, you couldn't even get a waitressing job. Yeah, I mean, I'm barely working minimum. This is I was barely working minimum wage, and there weren't many better but options. It's about you, you, priority. You pay, you, but you got to pay an agent to get background work. I mean, they really bend you over in this town, and it makes it so hard to get over that brick wall. So while I, I and, and I know it sounds defensive, but I want you to feel better that while I wasn't necessarily putting money away, I cut crazy amounts of debt. I mean, I got debt fast when I moved out here. Two different, one car wreck, the other car uh, died on the street, you know. And it's important to me 
to personally to be in a relationship with a person who doesn't have mountains of debt. I think that's also something that should be discussed when you're thinking Ooh. about marrying someone. It's I mean, like again, you really should be open and honest about your finances. My debt might have been small compared but, to others, but it was enough that like that needed to be covered to get to the next step. And I understand, and don't get me wrong, I understand you'll find excuses when... But that's exactly it. That's exactly what I'm saying is like any functioning adult manages to find a way to pay their internet bill every month, to pay their rent every month, to pay their uh, credit card bill, to pay their car insurance, right? I mean, that's... You're right about, yeah, you find the money. You find a way to do it. So if in your mind you have decided, oh, I want to marry this woman and oh, it's going to take X amount of dollars to get this person the ring of their dreams or a ring that they love and there are tons of affordable options besides diamonds these days i mean traditionally sapphires are the uh engagement ring tons of people do like moissanite rings and i had given you my clatter ring which is the uh, galix uh uh, engagement ring but i hear your point but and my my point is is that there needs to be that and this is for all the ladies listening in the waiting to wed subreddit is that with all that said there there's it's still a crazy thing. So the point that I, that I got into all this was I had another dude had posted in the waiting to wed, waiting to wed subreddit. I sound like I'm Elmer Fudd. I'm waiting to wed. And, uh, and I commented on him. We had this little camaraderie and I was like, yeah, man, this, this, um, you know, uh, wedding, uh, you know, uh, industrial complex is insane. They do X, Y, and Z. He's like, I know it's great. And we just, we just go on and off. And it's like, it's such a raw deal. It's not like, it's not like we ever took a class in third grade on it. It's like, I know more about planets I know more about Pluto than I do about the four C's. Okay. Like you have to learn all these things and you need a, a growth mindset, but it's such a barrier for guys that then that's why, that's why diamonds are so overpriced is because so many guys are like, you know what? Take my money. I don't even want to know. I don't want to look at any more rings. You don't think Just take that it. people are willing to like ask questions or to ask for help when they need it. You don't think they ask their moms. I feel like most guys ask their moms. I think a good mom, like a good Jewish mother sits, sits their son down and goes, you're proposing to my, my mom's hands off. No, don't get me wrong. My mom was like, let me help you, Dave. And you know, my stepdad, Luke texted me after you took me to the world series when the Red Sox won the World Series against the Dodgers a couple of years ago, any woman he's going to take to the World Series, you got to marry her. So like, and my stepdad doesn't text. That probably took him two days to send that text. <laughs> he's got all typos and everything. Are you getting teary-eyed? I got teary-eyed. So it might be the chocolate meeting. But the point is, is there needs to be empathy for the other side. It is a crazy I think there is- a decision a man has to make on his own. And some guys just show up like um like oh. like Gooch, right? Gooch got engaged and he didn't let me know. I was offended as a best friend. He didn't let me know he was gonna get I was telling everyone I'm doing, I'm bobbing the question, I got this. I need the whole I need all my people to know of this decision because to me it's like a we make the decision. Of, of course I make the decision, but it's like my guys, my people need to like they they're important to me. So you want their support, you want their feedback, you want their suggestions. And maybe that's part of it. Maybe it's just not really a conversation that like dudes have, especially because it's normally only once in your life or twice, maybe three times. I should start a subreddit. I should start a subreddit called trying to wed. (laughs) It's just guys. And we've talked about this in many different ways. About to normalize having, the conversation. Yeah, just to normalize. Like, look, this is insane. Everyone's trying to rip me off. You know how you know how long I'm going to go with squeaky breaks because I don't want to get ripped off? 
It's like, well, these brakes might be squeaky, but who knows what's on the other end of that mechanic. And that's what you do. I mean, look at my freaking tooth. I'm not going to show. I had to literally ultimatum you to get you to the I'm dentist. not going to show the audience this photo, but you would lose your lunch if you saw what happened to my tooth. I had to go, and it was, again, I couldn't afford it. So look, I'll tell you what. I'll but tell you what. No, honey. no, hold on. What did I get first? A, what did I get first? My cavities fixed or your diamond ring? You're welcome, folks. That's the episode. I mean, that's my part. Like, I no, literally. No, but I think you need to be honest that that's reflective of an aspect of your personality, right? Like, it's one it, there, it, and it really comes back to priorities, and it comes back to budgeting. There's no reason, like, going to the dentist once a year for cleaning or every six months, I guess, is what's recommended. Now I know I got Doctor Yang way less than having to get teeth pulled. No, but and it's not the price. It's not the price. So like knowing, it's knowing, well, no, but you go, you go, look, it comes down to your priorities. And by saying that you're telling me and like, okay, let's, let's take us out of the equation. If, if I'm, if I'm Betty and I go, if Joel wanted to marry me, he would, it's about priorities. Clearly. It's like you go from A to C, you go, Oh, clearly he doesn't like me. So if he doesn't like me, that's why he's not doing it. He's go, it's no, not you don't that know. he doesn't like you. He doesn't know the path to get there. He doesn't know the path and he needs to be guided either through a good friend, a dad, a or mom. By, or by the woman that he's with in a relationship. And I think that you and I have had this conversation and I said, you know, us dating for five years makes me feel like you're not serious about the relationship. I've, I very clearly spelled out to you how it made me feel that like even though A doesn't necessarily equal G, like the us not taking the next step or me not knowing that you're actively taking steps to prepare for the next step, like saving $5 a week or something simple. You know, it can be as simple as saving $5 a week by like packing a lunch instead of buying a lunch at work or skipping a coffee. Like knowing that there's an actionable step makes all the difference and feeling and making a girl feel secure in her relationship. Right. And, and that is usually the piece that's missing. But honestly, it, I hear you. It's easy when you don't have control over something, and that's what it comes down to. This is what's so toxic about the power dynamic of the proposal. And I'm not, I'm glad you didn't propose. Um, but that's more of society because God knows if I, there's a photo of you proposing to me and I'm like, ah, oh, said yes. Then society's like, look at this little bitch ass soy boy. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Uh, so anyway, um, yeah, so I get it. I get it all. And, but the point is, is that, you know, it's, it's a control thing. And, uh, we was, uh, there was this thing about, um, someone had mentioned, um, H and M clothes and work boots as examples of like when like poor people are getting effed so much harder than ever oh, before. I literally Do you just, see the thing about the work boots? How it's like, if you buy these $20 work boots, you need to replace them every 10 months. We must've read the same thing this morning. It's an old, old adage and it's been reproduced in like newspapers over the years. But basically a person who like lives on a shoestring budget, um, who only makes, you know, $75 a month or something. This was written a long time ago uh, can't afford a $50 pair of shoes, but they can save enough to afford a $30 pair of shoes, but the $30 pair of shoes won't even last two winters. The soles are going to wear thin. You're going to be able to feel the, 
the weather right so you're gonna spend it. It, it's the cost so of being over poor. exactly over the course of your lifetime that person spends hundreds of dollars on shoes versus the person who's able to spend fifty dollars for the sturdy nice pair of boots in the first place that last a decade and it's like getting over your debt you know you're spending 50 bucks a month on just your interest your interest on a credit card versus the guy who can just pay it off every month I even mean, simple things like toilet paper to buy a single roll of toilet paper this is a more modern example might cost like a dollar ten cents or something like that if you can only afford that in your budget um like on, to buy your toilet paper on a weekly basis or whatever versus going to Costco and buying the 48 pack where it's 30 cents a roll. Yeah. It's, it's about uh, purchasing power and, um, and, and, and when you accrue wealth, you can make better decisions. You can think ahead. I mean, I used to be afraid to pay my bills. Now I've, now I've gotten to a place where I've, you know, I've been more like sort of, um, I've, I've, I've gotten out of the deep end. And when you get out of the deep end, you can make smarter decisions. You can start going to the dentist, which is cheaper than the emergency, you know, getting your tooth pulled, you know, in Mexico or whatever. And that actually would probably be cheaper. But yeah, uh, so, so with, with all that, I mean, it's, it's, it's something, you know, you got to look at as like the compassion to know that we're all in different places. Like I, I hope you, and again, I know when you get upset, I know it still bothers you, but I hope you realize like, remember those mornings I would like go to bed already dressed and wake up at like 4am and just go to Uber. And then I would, and I would work 55 hours a week until literally I, I was like, you know, I can't believe I didn't wreck my car doing that. And then, of course, what happens 10 a.m. on a Monday when I'm wide awake, I get sideswiped. And that turns into a four-year lawyer trial that just got settled. So while I wasn't saving all this money, I was like, I put all my money into getting a new car on a credit card because I had to have that car to keep on working. And you and you for like a week or two, let me borrow your car. And then as a guy, I'm like, what am I doing with my life? On one end, I'm 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 working towards what is so much bigger than an hourly check. What is so much bigger, having the flexibility and the free time to create, which I'm worth so much more as someone who's like needs the free time to write a screenplay. But on the other end, I'm like freezing my ass off, which sounds weird for people that don't know Southern California. But how many nights did I come home frozen because I'm working in a golf cart? They fire me during a pandemic and don't bring me back. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm done. I'm making choices that put me first. And it sounds selfish, but like we, everyone needs to learn to make choices that put themselves first. No, co no corporation, no matter how well, good your health insurance is going to care about you and them and their family. Of course, of course. And, but what, you know, even I had that YouTube video go viral made four grand. I mean, <laughs> that took me, I could have made that in a lunch break on my other $20 an hour job on a good day, minimum wage plus tips. So like the, the idea that like but we're so we short sighted when we're just trying to survive that with the second I have a little bit more free time, I start making some content I'm proud of. And it's like, don't rent out your time. It goes through the roof. It's such a delicate balance. And I think that's what's important to like reiterate to our audience when we talk about this kind of stuff, because so many people will just preach the sort of like uh, Marianne Williamson mumbo jumbo. That's like, oh, just follow your dreams. Or like you always say, leap in the net will appear. And while those are important while those are vital to actually like creating like the, the life of your dreams, I, I think it's also important to keep in perspective just how challenging 
it can be, just how challenging it's likely to be. You're, if you want to be an entrepreneur, you're going to put in 80 hours a week of work instead of 40. You're going to have 90% uh, uh, what's the word rejections and 10% of like acceptance or approval when you're pitching clients or whatever you're doing. I mean, it's a, it's a ton more failures than successes, especially in your first few years until you get your footing. And, and so to be realistic about creating the life of your dreams and, and building the, the career of your dreams or whatever, uh, you, you need to, hope for the best but prepare for the worst I think that like what's missing in a lot of the sort of like spiritual stuff is um is this like preparation for for tough times like right. people should know that there's a lot of grit required here there's a lot of grit required and it is and 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 making a budget where like you manage your very limited resources is a part of that. Yeah, it's about knowing you can't you can't possibly succeed at the things you want to do creatively or otherwise if you're worried about paying other bills. So like there there is a there is a delicate balance between surviving until you can monetize what it is you're worth doing but also putting as much creative energy and love into what it is you're doing because love is the highest frequency. So when you can do everything with love of, you will get those returns, yeah, but you, you still need time to perfect what's in here. You know. Yeah, it's it's about find like how many hours. What's the bare minimum of hours of side job I can do to get my bills covered while I pursue this passion project? That's not going to pay me at all. But but it it is a delicate balance because you don't want to be so burned out on your side job hours that you don't have the creative energy left over for that creative output. This is what Los Angeles did to me. It it. It churned me. I was running. I needed an oil change. I was burning hot. And I was in and, and the first thing that goes creatively, the first thing that goes, if you don't have your sleep, if you don't have the time to live between the lines, we're doing jazz, folks. You don't hit the lines. You dance around the notes. The time I need to be creative disappears when I'm overworked in other ways. Very delicate balance. Same for me. I, I When I'm not enough sleep, if I don't feel well because I'm doing some sort of Lyme treatment that's making me feel shitty, or if my body is physically exhausted because my job is very physically demanding, those things are going to completely derail my ability to like put forth creative effort when it comes to like the blog or whatever This else. is where I, I can't possibly understand like what you go through, but dealing with Lyme, you know, a cousin to malaria, neurological. Uh, you woke up the other day with like sweat, like you were a boxer. You just had sweat through your shirt. And it was gross. You take all these pills. Half this stuff isn't even, you know, covered in any sort of ways. And you're fighting for your life. Not in a way that's like uh, some people are fighting, but in a, in a invisible a disease that they can't just lop off like a tumor. It's it's deep. It's a battle. And um, I've read about, you know, oh, oh, if can flare your OCD or your anxiety. So, like, you need everything in the world to be under control because you can't control your Lyme. And then there I am, another thing you can't control. So it's about living with it all. But, I, but like I said, I ask people in the Waiting to Wed subreddit to, like, give, you know, put yourselves in their shoes have the conversation. If you think you've gotten through to that person, 
You got, and sometimes it's like, you know, like in advertising, you got to sell someone a product 15 times for them to buy it. Yeah. You got to just talk to these people. But you also got to understand that like as a woman, uh, where, and women just have the reputation like throughout society of being nags like no woman wants to have to nag the person that she loves into declaring their love for her I or like loving her back you I know what i mean nobody nag. wants to have that conversation and but obviously it's important to have hey this is a priority for me we've been together a long time if you're not thinking that this is something that you want i think you you need to let me know because, you know, this doesn't and spell compatibility. And, and we've had discussions where we've talked to each other. You've been like, hey, th- are you with me on X, Y, and Z? And, and it's always been, yeah. And I guess for, for me, I'm kind of one of those like grit and balls type of guy. I really am. I'm a grit and balls type of guy. I'm going to go try to figure it out. Uh, and and I've asked you for a lot of faith. And sometimes I deliver, sometimes I don't. It's almost like when when I do when things do deliver, I, I almost don't give myself any credit it's I'm very hard on myself, but anyway, um, it's been a weird year. Um, I've talked on other, on other, uh, podcasts and episodes about the uh, game show that I've had to do. So the fact that the fact that like, you know, um, in our, in our city, at least we're at, we're at a crazy high level of unemployment because of the pandemic and, and hospitalizations are at an all and all, high and too. all that and, and, and under and all these things. And, uh, the fact that I got to go on a game show to try to <laughs> make it big. And I, the best thing that happened to me was that a YouTube video took off. I mean, it's a real sad state for the world, but it might be that extra gumption and that extra free time that has got me, um, some more creative traction, but we'll see. I'm going to try the vlog Smith, the vlog Christmas, and we'll see. I'm, I'm just going to try to keep sharing my story. A lot of drone shots, folks. Um, <laughs> your favorite thing you, this is how, and we got to get out of here in a minute. This is how I know you still have residual trust issues with me. Tell me this is it. The second I'm going to mention what I'm about to mention, everyone's going to know you got some problems. What about your problems? Can uh, we put your no, problems well, on display hold on. for a minute? We bought a noble fir, eight foot tree. We got it the day after Thanksgiving, right? We got it Good Friday, whatever the Black Friday. What did you What did you dream about last night? <laughs> Share your dream. You're laughing. What was your dream? You woke up mad at me. <laughs> every guy knows. Every guy knows they've woke up to their girl being mad at them for some dream they they had some concoction they dreamt up in their head. I dreamt that you decided that the tree was dried out, that it hadn't got enough water. So in order to save the tree, you had to cut it off. And the the bit that you left me with was like a two foot tree. And I was so angry that you ruined our Christmas tree by cutting it in half. Why would I cut the tree in half, honey? I don't know, babe. Sometimes you do show without asking me. So because you can't control me, you think I would go out of my way to take a $140 Christmas tree does sound a lot better with this music it gets a lot every time you mention how much this tree costs it gets more expensive it was 89.95 yeah but when you the, when you add ex- in the stand, the stand and, and the, the cut and the net and the tax <laughs> and the the tipping them probably 150 bucks actually uh gas um <laughs> 150 we got to keep my thing is I don't want to spend more than $2 a day on a tree. But so we need to keep sh- this tree up for 75 days, okay? This tree needs to stay up for two and a half months. It's to not get my staying money up back. for two and a half months. 
How much is it per day? So why? So, but honestly, we need to buy one more bottle of that little tree preserver and we can just put in tree preserver once a week. If anyone has any tips on how to prolong the life of a tree, we're trying to make this tree work for 2021. We're trying to, you know, slide this tree through the spring, have a good summer, maybe next fall. Who knows? When we have a house... And just get one of those trees that is like in a planter that Here's wheels in do. and wheels no, no, no. out. Here's what you have to do. You need to get a tree that is that is like a, an eight foot tall Christmas tree. If you actually had one, it would have to be like forklifted in, which is fine. Because no, you, you can you get would, those no. pots that have wheels, honey. No, I'm, no, but you would need like a big, you need like a pot this big, which is probably like some some light sort of forklift. Trust me, I'm, I'm going to dad the, the hell out of this thing. You got it. You got it. Because then you want to be able to drop it back into the ground. No, 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 just put it on the patio. It can just be like a tree that lives in a planter. Either way, donate to the Patreon, folks. We're trying to get a mansion so Tasha can live her dreams. But do you, like, what like what would you, what would you water down? What would you boil down that nightmare scenario where, uh, where I cut off the tree and you were left with only a stump of a tree? Like, what would you, what is that? Have you been wrong? Is it me? Is it X's? What is it? I don't know, honey. But I do know that I asked you to buy us a fake tree a couple years ago when I was too busy. Uh, This was like my busiest year ever when I was literally working till like 7, 8 p.m. doing fittings. And then I would come home and live stream for two hours a night. But you know what? You had to live stream 30 30 hours a week. I had to do 50 hours a week. And you didn't hear boo from me. In the midst of Lyme treatment and all sorts of other bull, I was so exhausted this is the most tired i've ever been in my yeah, so entire life i went life. to the store and you went and got a tiny tree you got you, a problem you, with you that tree say, Should babe, I, bring it in here? I asked for a normal tree i just asked for a ri- just just get a fake but christmas my, tree one of those tall skinny is, ones fine we got nowhere to put it that's why we got the real trees at least we can just throw this thing out at the end of the day the we so don't maybe that's where my dream come from i mean i'm looking I'm at these ornaments going we can't vacuum seal like everything we own like we just bought a new ikea bed where that pops open like a hungry hippo so you can store things inside of it like a almost like a murphy the opposite of a murphy bed right or no what you know just it's like a, it's like a trunk you hydraulic put your, lift yeah it's a hydraulic lift we don't have room for one of those ornaments i mean i'm gonna literally break all of those to get them like we're just luckily uh the vast majority of these are plastic and cheap well, there's how, only a few uh delicate ones how is there not a company how is there not a company, this might be too good to even share, where you rent Christmas ornaments and return them? There might be. Like the black tux, where you rent a tux and return it. How is How does this not exist? Where you yeah. pick what type of tree you want, you could they literally, send it to you. You could pick your color scheme. You could say silver and gold, neutrals, That's star it, folks. Theme. We're billionaires now. Tasha's going to get her own tree. That's it. We got to go. I think that's, I think that's, I mean, maybe that exists. Would people do that? Every year you get a new different tree. You get to unbox all your ornaments, whatever. You know, I mean, I'd pay 50 bucks for that. You don't have to worry about them. 50 bucks, you get a new tree, you get the lights, and then you just, re- they all come in a thing and you well, return it. Well, if you're getting a tree with it, you're not paying 50 bucks. But No, no, no. Maybe it's not a tree. Maybe it, no, no, no. I don't think it comes with a tree. I think it's just ornaments. It's going to be, um, it's going to be the, ornament uh, rental. what's the blue apron, the blue ornament, the blue ornament. They have that for furniture for your apartment. If anyone you out there your furniture. Um, has a, uh, yeah, well they do it for, uh, for clothes, right? What's the clothing website called that does it where you, uh, you, you rent clothes and you just return them when you're done with rent them. The runway. Yeah. It's rent the, it's rent the ornament. Oh, we got something, baby. We're onto this. We got to get out of here. So Tasha has been compiling an insane list 
of the best, worst, and mediocre Christmas movies, holiday films. I actually have three to update. We are tadatravels.com. Is that right? We yeah, are to You can go on there and you can see she's got a blog that's a gift guide, which has some great yeah. gifts. If people need some, you know, gift. And I will be updating it. I took a break this weekend because I was a little burnt out with all the uh, Black Friday sales and stuff. But I will be updating with sales and throughout December. So you got that. You got the, like I said, the holiday movies and a list of where to stream them all, which is really good because there's some good ones. Since we did that, we saw a Christmas in Mississippi. That was awesome. That was that was my favorite, and it wasn't a high-budget film. I loved that movie. The one we just saw, what, what was the one we saw yesterday? I really liked that. 12 Pups of y- Christmas? I liked 12 Pups of Christmas. Uh, they actually pulled it off. We finally watched Die Hard, which I don't think I had ever seen. Die Hard, I had heard of it. I knew it was a Christmas movie, but I don't think I had ever watched it, except I fell asleep for the uh, climax. So I got to watch the last five minutes tonight. Um, and what was the one... From Hulu, I can't remember the name of it. From a couple days ago with Kristen Stewart. Oh, uh, you better look that up. It's on my phone, so I would I'll have to stand up. up to. I'll look it, it up for a second, but you describe just quickly I, describe I what it is. I screenshot it. It's just a really good. I mean, as I was watching it, you fell asleep, but um, I, we may have had edibles that night, which I feel like sometimes colors my interpretation of a Happiest movie. Happiest season. Happiest season. Eighty-five yes, percent on Rotten Tomatoes. You get above forty percent on Rotten Tomatoes for a Christmas movie. It's pretty good. Really good. I was like, is this a five star? As I sit there and I watch these movies, I'm trying to give it a, a star rating or a Christmas. One to five blog. candy canes. It's Christmas trees. It's one to five Christmas trees. And uh, I was like, this is either a four and a half or a five. It had like two scenes, definitely one scene that I can remember that was like a little weird. Like the tone of the scene was off from the rest of the movie. But overall, it was a really good movie with really good acting and a really like unique story that I'll give, hasn't I'll give, really I'll been give, told I'll give the log on line. TV. I'll give the log line. So okay. this is Tatasha's uh, uh, pick of the week, you could say. Yeah, a young A young woman with a plan to propose to her girlfriend while at her family's annual holiday party discovers her partner hasn't yet come out to her conservative parents. Hey, very interesting. You it know, was, speaking of proposal, so very interesting. A, a um, really good movie. Yeah. Uh, is a, I think it's a five star. It, we is it a four and a half or a five star? You don't see many lesbian Christmas it's movies. It's a really good movie. I ate an edible and passed out, honey. It was good. I liked it. I just passed out. I got comfy on the couch. I was on the, yeah. So anyway, um, that was your pick and mine. The pups, the 12 pups, and then the, uh, I, I think a holiday, a Christmas in Mississippi might be my favorite so far. It had Mississippi I, Southerners. It had, a, it, had a, it had a fantastical part with the Santa Claus. I like it when there's a little bit of fantasy. And it was fant- good acting, fantasy. and it wasn't, some of those like lower budget uh, Christmas movies, those TV movies can be a little like... Uh, I don't know, loose with their storyline. They take a lot of leaps. That one was really good. I can't watch a Christmas movie unless I want to watch the leads have sex. If I don't want to, if I, if I don't, if I'm walking by a window and the leads are having sex and I don't want to watch it, I'm not going to like the movie. I have to be physically attracted to the man and the women or the li- woman and the woman. Rude. I have to, I, that, that's very important to my value system. No, when- I think what you're trying to say and failing at is that you want <laughs> you want the leads to have chemistry. You want to feel some chemistry. You want to feel some sexual tension when you watch a movie. Yeah, what Tasha said, sure. But if you I was walking by a window, I would look. I would, I would look in. Sometimes you watch a movie and you can tell that the lead actress hates the lead actor. And... If we're staying it's in a hotel it's not and believable. we can hear people having sex, you can either turn up the TV or turn it down. I want to be able to turn it down and listen. 
I want a cup next door. He said, what's going on over there? Anyway, folks, we're going to get out of here. So uh, check out my YouTube. Please check out Vlogmas. If you're listening to this, I've probably already begun starting uh, Tuesday, December 1st. I'm going to be releasing 25 straight days of vlogs, there Christmas goes my related. December. Honey, this better. Yeah. Uh, all of these vlogs better be related to making this the best December I've ever had. I'm just letting you know. Well, I don't need to be residual stressed from your. Well, this could be it. This could be the. This could be the big thing. This is it, folks. <laughs> All right, we have to get out of here. But anyway, thank you guys so much for always being so supportive. And again, if um, if it is in your heart and you do want to support us with the Patreon, we do appreciate all of our Patreon members. It's, it's the biggest it's ever been. Um, we've got people that have been very supportive. And we also got a giant batch of soap that we are going to be selling select amounts. We've got a lot of people asking about this. We're probably only, only going to sell like 10 or 15 batches. We made a lot of soap, but we have a lot, you know, of, of you know, family and stuff to the give away. The other thing to remember is that we only made it. Well, now it's a, it's December, honey, in two days. So that last batch we want to make, we need to hurry up and make. But this normally soap is supposed to sit and cure for six months. And so this is a very fresh soap. So even though people are wanting this soap now... You know, this shouldn't really be used right away. Well, they can let it. They can let the aroma uh, seep through their house as they wait for the soap to. Harden. It can be decorative soap for a yeah, month or two. Yeah, just for a month. <laughs> let it be decorative, or else it's gonna melt on me. It's not like it's poisonous or anything. It's just it's just goes it from soft to hard. It just hardens and it lasts longer. It doesn't wash away as fast. Anyway, that's the episode. Follow Tasha at Instagram at Tasha Courtney. I'm at D Neils on Instagram. And please check out my uh, gift guide. That's on the blog. And feel free to bookmark it and check back later because I'm gonna be updating with like more current coupon codes and sales as they come up. That's it, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Bye, everybody.